I want to share a story with you. But before I proceed, I want to make sure that story is true. I want to make sure it's true. And I did my research uh, to make sure the story I'm going to share with you today is accurate, is true. So the story I'm about to share with you has got like 5,800 manuscripts to prove that 2,000 years ago it happened. Because historically, in the first century, we did not have videos. So I don't have a video to give to you today to show you. I don't have, I don't have a recording of any voices. I don't have any photos to show you. I can make up some, but you won't believe it anyway. The only thing I rely on to share today to share is the written evidences of eyewitnesses of my story. Would you believe that my story is true? I have 5,800 Greek manuscripts to prove that what I'm about to share with you is true. Luke 2, 1 to 14, verses 1 to 4 establish the historical accuracy of the story. Luke was a medical doctor and a scholar. So in his writings, he established the facts for readers. He established facts for us. The story happened during the reign of Caesar Augustus. So you can search it. You can go into the record during the reign of Caesar Augustus and see if such a thing happened. You can if you want. He wants to set the record straight. Politically and historically, this thing happened during that season. He also says that Quirinius was the governor of Syria. Quirinius. Why do we need to remember Quirinius? Is it Quirinius? Quirinius. I don't know how to say it in English. It still depends on the school you went to. But Quirinius was the governor of Syria during that time. So if you want to know if it was true, check Quirinius. And then the angel in verse 10 told the shepherds, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Listen to this. I really want you to pay attention here. I proclaim to you good news of great joy. Not just joy, but great joy that will be for all the people. Hmm. What does great joy mean? How will all the people experience this great joy? All the people. How are they going to experience this joy? Will people become joyful simply by hearing the news about the child? Or will something else be needed to activate that joy? How are you going to experience that joy? How am I going to experience that joy that was proclaimed for all the people, including you and I, this joy has been proclaimed for us. How are we going to experience it? So let me tell you this story from a different angle. I want to draw your attention to someone who was experiencing that great joy on that day. Mary was full of joy on that day. You know why? How did I know that Mary was full of joy on that day? Because every mother is joyful after giving birth to a healthy baby. Isn't it? It's, it's obvious that Mary was 
joyful. It's a natural effect. Mary was the most joyful person when Jesus was born. I think you would agree with me. Firstly, because she was the mother and most importantly, because she knew what Jesus came to accomplish. She knew the mission. She knew the, the angel told her, your child is coming to do ABCD. So she knew what was going to happen. So before we get excited about Mary's joy, let's examine her situation deeply. And the first thing I want to bring to your attention is trouble. 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 Mary went through trouble. Luke tells us that Mary gave birth and placed her son in a manger. A manger. We have some farmers around here. A manger is a place where the, 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 the animals eat. Like it's a small, I don't know how big Jesus' manger was, but it's that place where they feed, they feed animals. Do you have a manger, Steve? Do you have mangers? Okay, you see, you can ask Steve after the service. He will explain to you things about mangers. I can assure you that that was not a joyful place to give birth. I can assure you that a manger was not designed to carry babies, especially not newborn babies. If I were Mary, I would be ashamed of that location. I will be ashamed giving birth in a place of animals. I will be ashamed. I think all of us here would be ashamed to give birth in such a place. If you say, where were you born? And <laughs> where were you born? <laughs> you know, you know, my mom was looking for a place. And <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, <laughs> yes. All the rooms were full and then I just... <laughs> You know, you can't even say it. I was born in a manger, you know, in a place of animals. You can't say it proudly. But Jesus was born there and Mary was not always happy about it, about things. We read that the first people to visit Mary were the shepherds. If I were Mary, I wouldn't allow these dirty people to get closer to my new baby born without masks and gloves. I wouldn't allow them. You know, we see it as a, we just read the story, but put yourself in a mother's shoes when the first people to come to visit your child are dirty. I know people, most of our friends here, when they give birth, they don't allow us to see their children until six weeks, 10 weeks, three months. Why? They are trying to prevent us from contaminating their children. Stay away. I'm keeping my child from you, dirty Mike. Yeah, good friends. But they can't allow you to get closer. Why? Because of contaminations and viruses and stuff. But the people showed up the same night. The same night. And I don't know why God did this. Like, the baby is born straight to the, uh, to the shepherd. Go, go, go. They, and he show up. Hey, can you show us the baby? No. <laughs> go shower first. Okay, we learned that, <laughs> we learned that faraway kings visited the baby in that dirty place. If I were Mary, I would be ashamed to host this critical host in such a smelly place. 
Kings, kings are coming to visit you that the day to wash stuff, to clean your house, to make sure everything is vacuumed, to make sure there is nothing, nothing, nothing dirty around. The kings are coming to see me. But Mary did not have the luxury to prepare the house. She was in the house of animals. And she took the shame on her. I just wish I was in a good place to receive these people. I I just wish, I just wish, I just wish. (laughs) Let me add other issues (laughs) to Mary's situation. Are you with me? Ah, Good, good, good. We are together. (laughs) Mary could not find a room in any of the hotels, even though people could see that she was heavily pregnant. What happened to kindness in in society? What really happened? No one thought of leaving a room for this suffering pregnant young lady. If I see a pregnant girl, I just leave and please sit, please sit, please sit. That's how I was raised. When you see elderly people, when you see pregnant women, you leave the seat for them on the bus. You leave. But no one thought like me on that day. Everybody was selfish, closing the door. What do you want? A room out. It's full. No one was kind enough in the whole city. And the the Bible calls it a city. No one was kind enough in the whole Bethlehem to say, oh, even though it's full, I can see you, girl. You are really heavily pregnant. You come in. I will just stay outside. The rooms were full, but no one was kind enough to say, okay, girl, you can just stay here with your husband and I will go find someone somewhere else to see to stay everybody was selfish that night it's not over yet Mary was not yet officially married so Luke intentionally tells us she was only engaged and not married That was traumatic for a Jew young lady. I can tell you, the culture has changed a lot. But in her culture, it was shameful to fall pregnant before marriage. Maybe that's how you feel. Maybe that's how you feel. Maybe you feel like you are in a situation where nobody understands you. Your situation today, nobody understands you. Trouble. People are being judgmental. When people talk about you, they only mention the bad things they think about you. They don't see the good side of you. Maybe that's where you are. Mary was there. And you know what? She did not choose it. It happened to her. People were talking about her. Gossiping. About her. She was considered a cheater or a prostitute by most people in her community because of the pregnancy. Have you thought of that? It was not a luxury. What she was going through. Imagine Mary explaining the pregnancy to her friends, neighbors and parents and and siblings and adding on top of that the tension between her and Joseph. Just imagine Mary explaining to her friend, you know guys, I'm pregnant. From who? God. That's such, that's a, a weird excuse. That's a weird excuse to explain your bad behavior, girl. How can you say that to us? I don't think any friend would believe that. 
I don't think anyone would believe that. You know, the proof that no one believed her is that even Joseph did not believe her. It took an angel to come and tell Joseph, take her as your wife. Because that is by the power of the Holy Spirit. The pregnancy came by the power of the Holy Spirit. Even Joseph himself thought, this girl, where did she go? Okay, okay. No, 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 no. Don't overthink things. You know, start thinking about things. Mary was dealing with shame, prejudice, and even rejection. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe that's how you feel. Maybe you feel rejected. Maybe you feel shameful. Maybe some, someone, people are talking about you for something you did or something you didn't do. <laughs> I've been there myself. And I know how it feels to be ashamed. Mary did not choose what happened to her. And you know, the funny thing about this story is that God chose her. Look, Luke chapter 1, verse 28 to 31 says, And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. <laughs> favored. The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor again. Favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus he did, she did not choose this path. God chose her. And the angel called her favored woman. But nothing about this story sounds fun to Mary. Mary signed up for trouble from the day the angel visited her to the day she gave birth. It was trouble after trouble. I, I don't know. Have you felt like when you started to follow God, you poked the devil? When, when, you, when you start praying, you say, oh, I want to get serious with my faith. I will go to church on Sunday. I will attend Connect Group. I will pray. And then it's the whole <laughs> hell, like things now start to happening in your house. Have you felt, oh, yes, that was Mary. You're not alone. That was Mary's situation. When you want to get serious with God and you feel like, oh, the devil now is aware. He's aware that you made that decision. You can't sleep anymore. It didn't happen to you only. It happened to Mary too. Following God does not immune us from trouble. God loved Mary, but she still went through a lot of trouble. And the Bible says it favored woman. I would say, don't favor me. Go and favor someone else. Go favor someone else if this is what I'm going to go through. <laughs> I assume that she lost some friend. Some gossipers were talking behind her back. Some people never believed her story. She was legally, legally by the law, forced to travel with a nine-month pregnancy. She couldn't have any, any, there is no exception. Oh, stay home, you know, you are pregnant. No, everybody must go. Once in Bethlehem, no one, no one was kind enough to leave a room for her to rest. The only available, available place to give birth was a house of animals. And the only cot available was a dirty and smelly manger. Stay with me, church. We are not sure if there was any midwife there. 
and I can ask myself, why in all the details that Luke is giving us, there's no mention of a midwife. That means there was no one. So, ha, 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 ha. Mary had no choice but to trust the young man Joseph with the whole delivery process. Uh Uh-uh. I don't think I could have done it for my wife. Just imagine. A young girl. I don't know how old she was. I think she was a teenager. And a young boy. Huh. Nine months pregnant. Things are happening. There's no midwife. And the, girl, the boy has to manage the situation. And you think Mary was just saying, yeah, Joseph, I trust you. Go for it. No. Imagine the panic in her heart. Is Joseph going to handle this? Is thing, you, you, and and the, the medicine was not developed as we know today infections and stuff and it's dirty and smelly and 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 joseph is inexperienced and and mary's in pain put yourself in mary's shoes trouble where is the joy in this how can you expect mary to be joyful mary was joyful because the joy of bringing a child into the world surpassed the pain around the process that's the first thing you need to know. That is the first thing you need to know. The joy of bringing the child to earth was above, beyond the pain she went through and the shame she went through. Mary was joyful because she knew what the baby was born to do. She knew that this is bigger than me. This is bigger than all this pro- pain and shame. This is bigger than Joseph. This is bigger than us. Mary was joyful because joy and suffering can coexist. Joy and suffering can live together, and in fact, they do. They can coexist. You know what? Many people think that joy is the absence of suffering. But stories in the Bible and real experience tell us repeatedly that the most joyful people are not exempted from trouble or suffering. So what is joy? Let's try to define joy. There are many definitions of joy, but biblical joy can be defined as inner contentment and satisfaction. Inner contentment and satisfaction you feel it deep in your heart that you are content and you are satisfied joy is often confused with happiness there is nothing wrong with happiness but happiness is a reaction to positive external event when something good is happening in your life you feel happy that is happiness and nothing there is nothing wrong with that it's impossible to maintain happiness It is impossible to maintain happiness in life. Life circumstances change all the time. All the time. Although happiness can be attained, it cannot be maintained. Happiness. But joy, once attained, can be maintained. Joy can be maintained. So let me say this again. Joy can be attained and maintained, but happiness cannot be maintained. 
Mary was not happy in the process. She was not happy laying her son in a manger. No, she was not. She was a human being. That was not fun. She, she was not happy with it. She was not happy being surrounded by animals instead of being surrounded by friends and family. She was not. Mary was joyful to see her son. Joy goes more profound than happiness. That's why joy and suffering can coexist because it goes deeper than your suffering. It reaches deeper than the problems you are going through. It reaches deeper than the confusion and chaos around you. Joy goes deeper. Happiness vanishes like that. Once the circumstances change, happiness vanishes vanishes but joy will remain because it goes deeper happiness and trouble cannot coexist but joy and trouble often go hand in hand joyful people are content despite the trouble not because of it you are not happy because of the trouble we are happy despite of it so let me take you to the next thing that mary did which is trust how do we attain and maintain joy we trust we trust. Mary trusted. She trusted. James 1, 2 to 3 says, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. I know. I will explain what this means. Endurance is a good thing. Endurance is a strength of character. Endurance is good. We all want to be surrounded by people with good character. Who doesn't? Who doesn't want to be surrounded with people with good character? I would love to be your friend. If you don't mind bad character around you, if you don't mind people misbehaving around you, you are good. My wife loves me. She handles me. She's very easy to live with. You know what? We all want around people who are kind. We all want to be people who have self-control. We all want to be people around people who are patient and so on, loving and peaceful. Oh, character is not a gift. People are not born with good character. Char character is developed. We all want to have good character. You want to be that good husband, that good wife, that good friend, that good. It doesn't just appear. There is no such a spiritual gift as good character. You come, we pray for you, and you go home, you are kind, you go home. No, it's developed. God allows things in your life to shape your character. And that's what God was doing with Mary. <laughs> it's a discipline. It derives from our response to life event. Uh, wait, wait, listen to this. Watch this. Good character is developed. How? It depends on how we respond to life event. That's how we build good character or bad ones. Those who respond to life events positively, with a positive attitude, with joy, they build great character. Those who go through life without joy, with bad attitude, they don't build good character. So if you see someone misbehaving, just know it's coming from their response to life event. Two people can go through the same thing and they will come out differently. 
Someone will learn something from it. Someone will keep complaining about it. I don't know why it happened to me. I don't know what. Oh, the other person has learned something from it. Instead of becoming better, you become bitter. Why? Your response to life event. You choose joy, you build character. James tells us to consider it a great joy to go through trials. Mm. What does it mean to consider? To consider. How would you consider it a great joy to go through trouble? Considering is a cognitive process. It's not a feeling, but a focus. Considering. James takes life as an accountant. Now, let me talk finance a little bit. In accounting, there are credit and debit. So watch this. Stay with me. Stay with me. Everything that happens in your finances is either credited or debited. No, there's no neutral in finances. There's no like something. Some money that is just there. Just there. No, no. There's no neutral in your finances. It's either debited or credited. You owe it or you own it. That's how money happens. It's not just there hanging. There is no neutrality. James is telling us to consider life as an account balance. On one side, you have things you consider as joy givers. And on the other side, you have things you consider as joy takers. So everything that happens to you, it can take joy from you or it can bring joy to you. So listen to what James is telling us. It's your choice now to choose where you are going to credit that thing. Whatever event that is going on through your life, you have the freedom to choose. Am I going to consider this as a joy giver or a joy taker? Everything that happens in your life, they will go credited or debited. If you just let it hang, it will go straight to the joy takers. Yeah, by default, that's what happened. That's what happens in life. Just imagine if Mary could have considered all those events as joy takers. She had the right to do so. You have the right to be bitter. You have the right to complain. You, I have the right to complain about you. No, 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 no. I was not looking. I was looking behind there. I was looking there. <laughs> <laughs> we have the right to complain about me. We all have the right, but we have a choice to choose which side of our of our of our shit that will go. Is it going to be a joy taker or a joy giver? It's your choice. It's your choice how you react to life events. Jesus went through the cross. He considered the cross as a joy giver. How could someone consider the cross as a joy giver? How, 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 how? The Bible says in Hebrew 12, 2, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that lay before him. He endured the cross despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus knew that the cross was not the end. The suffering was not the end. The shame was not the end. Spitting on him was not the end. He knew there was glory coming. He credited his as joy giver. The cross was not the end for him. How do you see life? How do you credit event in your life. Joy comes 
from the determination to trust that God controls all details of our lives and that he's working for our good and his glory. That's how we find joy. Trusting, 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 trusting. You trust the process. I know God, even when I'm going through this, you are working something out. You are working something out. TJ, come forward. TJ, what is TJ? Come forward, TJ. Uh, come here, come here, my friend, come here. Where are the pencils? So TJ, trust me. A lot, he trusts me. Do you? Yeah. Good, good. <laughs> so I'm going to put this water above TJ. And TJ still trusts me. That I'm not going to baptize him. <laughs> Hello, son. Hello. Do you still trust me? Okay. Let's <laughs> let's see what will happen. I will poke this water. Okay. Let's try another one. Maybe one is not enough. <laughs> you can go on. Tichi trusted me. I poked the hole the first time, nothing happened. The second time, that nothing happened. The third time, nothing happened. And, and he was still there, comfortable. We should trust God like that. When things happen in our lives, God still knows what he's doing. So at the end, I will say, triumph comes. You know, Paul wrote to Philippians a letter telling them always to rejoice. He was in prison. Why? Because he trusted God. We trusted, he trusted God. Mary had known all along that the child would be the savior of the world. She trusted God. Why? There is a purpose to suffering. There is a purpose to suffering. Jesus endured suffering with joy because he assigned purpose to his suffering. Paul went through suffering joyful because he knew there was a purpose behind his suffering. So what does it mean to credit things as to consider things as great joy? Is when you give a purpose to your suffering. You will go through suffering differently if you give it a purpose. If you say, God, I know you are working on something. I know you are working on something. I trust you have a purpose in this suffering. You will go through it joyfully. It won't be fun. You won't be laughing. You won't be celebrating. But you will have deep joy in the process. Why? Because you trust God in the process. The reason why we fail to trust God because we want control. You want things to go your way. If you trust God with your life, an event in your life, he will never disappoint you. So I don't know what you are going through today. Maybe you are like Mary. You have been taught that God loves you, but what you are going through does not feel like God loves you. 
Maybe you don't feel like God loves you. Maybe you have received prophetic messages and, and, and prayers, but it doesn't feel like God cares about you. You don't feel that way. Maybe when you read the Bible, you read promises and stories of people who received answers to, the, to their prayers, but sometimes life doesn't feel like God hears your prayers. It doesn't feel. Mary did not always feel favored. She did not always feel favored. She received the word from God saying you are favored, but it, it didn't feel like favor. But she trusted God. And because she trusted God, look at where we are. Her son has become a superstar. Saving billions of lives. Changing billions of lives on earth because of a young girl who trusted God. Your faith and trust in God can change generations if you can start today. If you can start today. We give up on God. We give up on following God because things are not going our way. And we let just all the future, all the future to disappear. The Jesus in us who was supposed to be born. The son in us, the daughter in us who was supposed to be born. And I'm talking about the result of your patience. The result of your trust. Disappear because you fail to trust. But I have good news for you. God always shows up. He always fulfills his promises. If you can only trust him, there will be triumph. There will be triumph. I'm telling you, God will not let you down. 